Okay. How long does it take you to click two links in Discord? <laughs> Apparently, it takes a sec for Discord to load, man. <laughs> That's a cold open right there. Welcome to Drunk Mallard, episode number 94. Um, yeah, as Chase was alluding to, it took me a second to figure out what episode we're on. But uh, here we are. I figured it out. You called out. Caught know, in four days. I know what episode we are on. Now you all know what episode we are on. It's also probably Thank in the God. title. They, they definitely didn't just click on I was going to say, it's thing. probably yeah. in the title when you click yeah. on it. Um, <laughs> they weren't paying attention. They're catching up yeah. on a road trip and just auto-playing through a bunch of episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm just going to go ahead and start off with what I'm drinking here because I'm going to be drinking it for another like five seconds, then I'm going to grab my beer. So I will both start and end this segment here. Um, wow. I have a TW12 Alceno. I don't know, it's a fucking bottle of wine someone gave me for Thanksgiving at the golf course. Um, you see my what? Trash. Hmm? <laughs> now, is it, is it trash? No, no, it's a bottle of wine I was given. Well, yeah, but, like, is it is it trash by your standards yes. or by, like, wine standards? Like, is it actually a Most shitty wine? Most likely both. Okay. If I had to take a guess, this bottle would run you about 15 to 20 bucks. Got it, got it. I actually also have a gift bottle of wine but that I'll have on a future pod, podcast mm-hmm. and uh haven't done any research, so I have no idea. I, I drank quality. some yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was an idiot and pierced all the way through the cork while I was trying to uncork the bottle. Um, nice. And then I, well, I put the cork back in, left it overnight. So there was obviously some airflow going through because it wasn't a perfect cork anymore. Um, and it's, it's actually somewhat, fast. yeah, yeah, it's actually somewhat better today. <laughs> okay. So, nice. but like by a very small amount. I don't know. I, I looked at the back of the bottle, and like there are two things I care about in a bottle of wine. Well, no, okay, three things. Number one, prerequisite: it's got to be red. Um, number Ooh. two, I want full-bodied, and number three, I want heavy tannins. Tannins being that like sandpapery kind of feeling you get on your tongue. Hmm. Um, Interesting. I barely comes, ever drink wine. Okay, I, I completely from... agree with Cass here, and I never drink wine, but if I'm going to, I want it that. But the problem with that is that that is a taste of a $1,000 bottle of wine, <laughs> and we are buying $20 bottles <laughs> yeah. of wine. So full-bodied, high t- like high in tannins, and like under $100 is like a tough ask. Well, yeah, so I yeah. usually buy Primitivos, because Primitivo is known as like a not nice crate in Italy, but usually has those characteristics to it. And you will very rarely see a bottle of Primitivo, at least in the States, go for above, like, 40 bucks. Because this is not considered, like, a high-end grape. Um, Interesting. So in the States, I usually go for Primitivos because more often than not, they fall into line with what I'm looking for. Also, more often than not, the higher alcohol percentage you have in your bottle of wine, the more likely it is to be full-bodied. When you're like me, and you don't know a lot about wine, and so, like, I'm not going to read the back and, like, be like, oh, yeah, preserved with blah, 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 low-yield vineyards aged in new barrels of French and American oak. That doesn't tell me anything about what the fucking wine's going to taste like to me. Like, that means nothing. So I look at alcohol percentage, and I'm like, okay, this one's up there. I'm going to hope that it's full-bodied, and I'm going to hope it's got tannins in it. Um, And it didn't in this case. This one, given that it was a 14.5%, was very, I guess, low, medium to low-bodied. 
Well, I was just going to say, Cass, it seems like you like wine um, that's similar to yourself, you know, full bodied and a little sandpapery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I was just yeah, thinking. I ran I, out of wax and trips the other day. So, yeah, it's a little scratchy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I was going to say that if I've had more than five to seven different wines in my life, like even a sip, I would be surprised. That wow, being said, Wait, yeah, given Christian? my very, yeah, I'm not a Catholic. I mm. come from a Protestant upbringing. Catholics are all about the wine. Protestants are all about not drinking at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I guess that comes difference. from your parents yeah. not drinking wine. Because well, my, I mean, both to be of clear, my parents are, are winos. So yeah, yeah. I mean, to be clear, both of my there are different sects of Protestantism, and in the churches that we were a part of, it was grape juice with communion, not wine. So okay. you know, not even not even for the ceremonial purposes would you have wine. Um, God, I was just yeah. under the impression you had a sip of wine, not like a glass, like a literal sip, like every Sunday. I just kind of no. thought that was part of church. <laughs> no, no, that that's part of the Catholic church, church for sure. Okay, yeah, like a Catholic mass traditionally, you do have communion every time. Most Protestant churches do not have communion every time, and then some of those will have wine, and some of those will have grape juice. Um, huh. yep. Yeah, among the limited, my very limited selection, my favorite is definitely the red that I discussed at the time that I had at my buddy's bachelor party. That was like a almost four hundred dollar bottle. That was like this incredibly like earthy and like not even like grape tasting wine. It was incredible. Um, but then among the cheaper wines, like some cold uh, Pinot Grigio, uh, I, I tend to relatively yeah. fuck with. I never seek it out. I've never bought it, but like among free options, I'll gravitate towards it. Yeah, he just hasn't been on enough uh, ski and board club trips. Yeah, yes, clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I can't do white one. You gotta, you gotta slap Got the it. bag once or twice in your life. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if I've ever had bagged wine. I don't, I don't think I have. Yeah, yeah. and just well, to, to clarify, slapping the bag is a a drinking activity where uh, you take a bag of wine and you hold it up for somebody, and then they hit it as hard as they can before chugging, like holding down the the spout. nozzle and then chugging as much. For as For reference, they can. you pulled out of the uh, box first. I see, I see. I was guessing something like that. I wasn't quite sure of the specifics. Yeah, there's no point to slapping the bag. It just it's something you do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This feels good. It's an Australian thing. It's like a punching bag. Fuck, I don't know. Like a shoey? I think it's an Australian thing. Um Okay. At any rate, I found out now I I know I brought this up to you two before. I'm not sure if I brought it up on pod, so feel free to cut me off if I have. Um but my dad has actually somewhat, well, within the last few years, found he can get some pretty good Spanish wines in boxed variety. Um, Interesting. Which, if, from his perspective, is perfect. Because he's like, well, if I open a bottle of wine, I kind of have to drink it in two days. But my mom very rarely drinks uh, And so he's like, well, if I open the bottle of wine, he's like, I, I usually have like one glass you know, I'm not, I'm not going to have like two or three. And like, he's like, I'm definitely, or I'm unlikely to go through a bottle in two days unless he like, is like, ah, oh, fuck. Well, I opened the bottle. I kind of got to finish it. Um, mm-hmm. And so he found some actually like pretty good Spanish red wine he could get in boxed form. And he's like, it's great for me. I can come home and at dinner, I can just grab a glass, like hit down the, the spout thingy and have a glass of wine at dinner. And it like doesn't go bad quickly. 
Yeah, it stays, it's, stays yeah. better longer because it's in the box, in the mm-hmm. bag. Um, I mean, I think, obviously, your dad's not enough of a, a wino. He's My dad is a, definitely a, a not. A rummo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? He's not a massive yeah. wine snob. He's got his preferences of wine. Like, he well, knows I'm, more I'm about wine than like, I do. Yeah, but the, like, actual solution to that is, like, those machines that keep your bottle Oh, those cost, like, uh, thousands sealed. of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's got the needle that goes in, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but if it was rum, and you re- and it required that for rum, your dad would have one. So Yes, he, that he, is he'd true. Four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not wrong about that. I was just throwing it out there that, like, it is now possible to get, like, good wine in boxed form. Hmm. It's not common. If you go to your local liquor store slash Brandy, grocery yeah. store, Total depending wine. on where yeah. you are, you're not you're not necessarily going to find good wine in box form. Just like it can be done, uh, and DC has special import laws, so you can be a distributor if there's no active distributor in DC already. You have to pay a five dollar yeah, licensing fee. That. Yeah, uh, so mm-hmm. I know that my dad does mm-hmm. that to get whatever the wine that he wants is. Because that's that's how I could potentially uh, import Dead of Night. Yes, yes. your dad it would yeah. be yeah through my dad getting the special mm-hmm. licensing fee, and then also having the brewery agree to doing that. But yes, no, I think that's the bigger thing with the oh, brewery. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, give shit enough to set that up. Oh yeah, like my yeah. dad would have no problem doing it. He'd he'd love Dead of Night. He'd do it for himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, so that was I, part one of Cass's drink, right? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> so the longer maybe we can get to yours. <laughs> that's, that's nine minutes of Cass talking about wine. All right, well, tis the season, my favorite time of the year, by far, fall. And so to ring that in, we have the Southern Tier Brewing Co., which I really don't know much about that brewery. The uh, Pumpkin, Imperial uh, Pumpkin Ale. Uh, I'm a big fan of pumpkin-flavored things. Um not the stereotypical pumpkin spice latte because I hate coffee, but basically everything else that's pumpkin flavored, I'm a big fan of. And this is really solid. Um, like the spices with it can make or break a pumpkin flavored beer. And the, they're strong. The cinnamon, the nutmeg definitely comes through, but like uh, not to an overpowering degree. The pumpkin flavor is definitely there. Very cheery fall beer that I'm quite happy with. The guy at the at the guy at the liquor store saw me initially pick up a different pumpkin beer, um, and then put it back because I it was a stout. And as soon as he saw me do that, he was like, "You know, you're making a bit of a mistake there. That pumpkin stout is really good. Like you you actually you mix it with Guinness, and it's just like the perfect combination. So uh, maybe I'll have to try that, even though I'm not a huge stout guy. But he was over the moon about the pumpkin stout that they had. So okay, we'll, we'll two, see. Two things. Uh, one. Yeah. Uh, fall beers, I'm just not a big fan of. Um, I would agree with that. Like, I, 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 I used I didn't to expect you guys really would like. You? I used to really like this like winter ale um, from Whistler Brewing Co. Oh, the chestnut ale. Yeah, like the chestnut good. ales. Like they're, I think it's okay. I think I think that one's pretty good. I, but I it, love it's it, like but it's, it's not good. my favorite, and it's like definitely like a sweet. It tastes like a dessert. You know, it's a very syrupy beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like I've I've grown out of those beers. Or regressed from, you know, maybe I'm not not saying that one is better than the other. I'm just saying that my yeah. own tastes have have developed past that. Um, also, because uh, you mentioned Guinness, I I owed one of my buddies a beer this weekend because I lost like a little bet, like a beer bet. Um, and so he was, I was like, okay, well, we're at the bar, whatever you order a beer. So he orders Guinness. Um, I get handed the little machine to pay. It was fourteen dollars. 
for a fucking Guinness. Guinness is oh, yeah, yeah, Guinness is brutally expensive at bars because they've got a rep. That, uh, yeah, that that additional you know two minutes it takes them to pour it is <laughs> really worth that whole fucking ridiculous. I'm like, dude, well, yeah. you chose your one free beer quite well. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, dude, fuck me the most. Most places have a uh, have to have a separate nitrogen tank for that. Yeah, because most Who knows if this dive bar is like no, you can only actually pouring with nitrogen, right? You have to. Like it doesn't pour. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it would taste really. It, weird. Yeah, it doesn't. No, pour no, okay, you're right. The they they're 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 they are pouring with nitrogen. I'm, I was thinking of the uh, like the two step. Like there, there's is. the uh, the like two step process where you pour like the the body and the cream separately. Oh. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I, I will say, even at the college bar that I used to work for, we would still do that. Yeah. Most oh, yeah. places... Which is why I was talking about the two minutes it would take. Or, yeah. I, I forget the specific time that was involved where you had to let it sit in between. But yeah, mo- most places that do serve Guinness carry a separate nitrogen tank in their walk-in to serve Guinness. And yeah. I know that... Well, I, I, mean, feel, I feel dumb about this, but also I don't really care because I don't <laughs> like Guinness. So. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. just to be clear, even though that's what our bar did, Guinness was... So rarely consumed, so mm-hmm. rarely that I almost never had to change the kegs for the Guinness. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Euros, yeah. Euros in the chat are going to be molding. But... Oh yeah, okay. Absolutely. I and I know I've talked about this on podcast before, but mm-hmm. European Guinness is better. It's served at the correct alcohol percentage, unlike in the right States. because it's lower because yeah, of importing. Yeah, 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 yeah. like I, 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 I know, yeah. I know, I know. But like Guinness in the states is trash. In yeah. Europe, okay. it's actually like. I'm also um, drinking a beer. Oh, are you now? No way! What the yeah. hell? <laughs> Crazy. I know it's not wine. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm drinking a Foamer's Folly Brewing. Uh, she's a rainbow, blood orange goes. Um, you like the goeses, huh? It's pretty good. It was left in my fridge from the buddies that were here this weekend. Um, And yeah, it is, it is quite good. I haven't had that many Foamer's Folly beers, but yeah, this one's, it's very tart. I wouldn't say, like, overly tart, like, Cass wouldn't like it. Because hmm. um, that's it most gozes. Yeah, subtle hints of coriander and pink sea salt, which would be the goes, right? Yeah. The gozes are, are typically salty, so it's got mm-hmm. that Yeah, I was that about to ask what the goes yeah. is. I think of them as being more floral, but I don't know if that's correct. No, least. I'd say think of a salty sour. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, gozes are, like, often incredibly tart. And therefore, not usually up my alley. So, like sequench yeah. ale, but I don't think yes, that's yes, yes. Sequench ale is okay. not a goes, but very yeah, yeah. much like sequench ale. Got it. Okay. Like what you're thinking of for that beer is is yeah. very. I, close I knew, to I knew you would get that. Okay. Right. You yeah. would understand that. I was yes. there. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, mo- if, if when people make margarita beers, they're most often goes because you get that salty flavor. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. No. Mm. Okay. Some people pronounce it goza as well so if we're technically saying it improperly then uh then fuck you or in america we can say whatever we can say whatever we want it goes it is protected by my first amendment right hell yeah brother and the second Which you gave up by living in arms, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. yeah i got the right to short sleeves bitch um <laughs> not anymore you fucking don't i could drive like 45 minutes and i do but you don't. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm confused. Yeah. Why, why does Cass not have the right to short sleeves anymore? What did he do? Because oh, he moved to Canada. The, the, right, the right to bear arms is not a 
constitutional. Oh, uh, oh <laughs> right. man, I'm, I'm God. I wish I could cut that out of the podcast. It's almost uh, like you ma- could. Um, I have faith that you yeah. won't. But exactly, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've only cut something out of the podcast two two different times over the entire history. He has of too the much journalistic due to content. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. One of them was something stupid I said. The other one was something. Yeah, for reference was was something that I said, which wasn't bad in any way. It's just we didn't want in there. Um, I dosed somebody accidentally. Uh, oh, okay, three times then. I wasn't counting yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, on to Valorant, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no. I, I stopped the go from my beer. Oh. We, we acknowledged I was putting down the bottle of wine. There's like a sip left. Okay, yeah. I have a Camp Beer Co. beer. Um, I is generally have... two A's? Huh? Is it no. spelled with two A's? No, it is like not. The band, the band okay. does not own a fucking brewery. Um, I mean, it'd be cool if they did, but... Well, I don't think they did. So it's not as cool as you were hoping. Uh, it's called Survival Camp. It's a hazy triple IPA coming in at a nice nine percenter. And it tastes Ooh. like not even close. This and thing tastes like... Oh, yeah, in a good way. Like, yeah. this tastes like a hazy IPA that comes in at like a five to a five and a half. Nice. Like, it, it is... Mm. According to their description, they've sub-labeled it Jungle Juice, jam-packed with Citra, Mosaic, and Eldorado hops. It's your time to survive the night with this very special hazy. Stick around the campfire and enjoy its tropical fruit blanket. Yeah, it's pretty up there on the hops, Ooh. but like nothing absurd because it's it's a hazy. It's not a punch-you-in-the-face kind of beer. Um, it's really good. I'm definitely going to have to get this again. And also, yeah, like, at the 9% threshold, tasting like it's half that is, like... Or I guess the way to put it is, like, you know how sometimes you get a beer that's really up there in alcohol percentage, and, like, you can feel it? And it tastes yeah. like it, too, and it's just like, eh. Like, th- this is a little... This is a little too much. It's a little too heavy. Yeah, definitely. This does not have any of that, and I love it for it. Um... But Personally, yeah. I tend I tend to like that intense hop flavor uh, and alcohol flavor, but that do- it also is nice when it hides it because that typically means that it allows other flavors to stand out. Yeah, no, like, it's still an incredibly flavorful beer, and like it's the hops yeah. are there, it's just not overpoweringly so, and I think that's the hazy element to it. Like I'm saying, like like so far, I think they nailed the right composition of having it be a hazy, but then also be like a triple IPA. Like, it has the best of both yeah. worlds, and, like, so far I haven't seen any downsides of the beer. Uh, I'm having a good time with this beer. What was the name again? Bottle of wine. Yeah, what was we, the name of this one again, Cass? I, I lost track uh, of the name. Survival Camp. Mm. Very, Very good beer. Cool. Definitely recommend for Chase if you can get It doesn't seem too difficult to, to survive, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds very easy to survive. Well, yeah, if, you put down a, if you put down a four pack of Tall Boys of these, you might yeah, be in, you so, might be fighting. You might be in survival <laughs> yeah. mode. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say my heart was just broken a little bit because one of my favorite beers I've had on podcast is the Hoptimum by Sierra Nevada, which is a triple IPA clocking in at eleven percent, which was the first mm-hmm. beer I thought of when it comes to like thinking about very high alcohol, high hoppy beers, and that one does not hide its eleven percent very well, but I'm all about it. And my heart is shattered because 
I thought it was like a Halloween beer based on the art on the can when I got it last year, but I was totally wrong. And it says on the website only available May through August. So I missed it for this entire year oh. and have to wait till 2024. Mm. So stay tuned till 2024 when I'll have another one on podcast, hopefully. Actually, it's kind of funny. There was a, um, there was a beer I initially bought for pod last week and then, well, it was in my fridge and I had nothing it. else. So I drank it. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I'll just go back to the store and get another one. But it was, uh, it's a very hard to get your hands on beer. Because um, it was for the, like, Sartori Hops Festival, which is some, like, special hops you can only harvest once a year. I think in a way back pod I talked about it, because I'm pretty sure I had that beer on pod roughly a year ago. Um, but yeah, I was planning on drinking that again for pod, and then I just, uh, I drank it. It was very good, but, you know, here we are. Um, Valorant. Yeah, Interim. Valorant. Okay. This one is going to be less of a asking you guys for opinions and, you know, ping-ponging off each other. And uh, a more of, like, a little, like, explainy section in which I'm hoping each of us can can add something in here, if that makes sense. I'm not sure if it does, but carry on. I'm on board. Yeah. Okay. So... I found this discussion thread about someone asking how Peeker's advantage works in this game, who sees who first, and how to deal with that aspect. Now, without looking anything up, and I've avoided doing this myself, I want to see if we can go over the different kinds of peaks in this game, and what the advantages and disadvantages are to each of them. Does okay, that make sense? Just like, yeah, yeah. I mean... Kinda. Okay. I'm so right, confused as fuck, so maybe not, but... <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I'll just open up by saying yeah. the first thought that I have is that, you know, if you look at it on a very basic level, if you have one person standing completely still holding an angle and the other person is peeking into them, there are essentially two basic options. One is the AD peek, where the person is, you know, moving perpendicularly to their target when they're peeking. And the other is... You know, the diagonal peak where the more you're moving forward as you're peaking, the worse the peak is because the person who's holding the angle is going to see your elbow. But then if you want to get into the, you know, the more the flavor, you got like the, you know, the jiggle peak where you're like, you know, going back and forth or the slicing the pie where you're taking a step mm -hmm. and then re resetting versus the Ferrari peak or the jump peak where you're just yeeting yourself out into the angle, hoping or to the catch the person on guard. Yes, or yeah. the pop and swing, which is a form of Ferrari peak, I would say, just with a yeah. little bit more intent behind it. I think so like, those are kind of some of the things that come yeah. to mind for me. I feel like to truly get a Ferrari peak, you either need some massive ping going on, or like a raised blast pack across the angle kind of thing, or a raised yeah, blast pack into are, the angle. Yeah, but those are those are different. I mean, yeah. I think the ping possibly if you're like if it's like a fake Ferrari peak because the other person was just lagging, mm -hmm. but like. I think the pop and, pop and swing is about as close as you can get to that, which is just, you know, yeah. run as far out into the angle as you can <laughs> yeah, and then try to click their head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think the pop and swing slash Ferrari peak is not necessarily predicated on, like, ping diffing someone as much as just that there's ping in the game. And I, I know you didn't say ping diff, but, like, yeah, yeah. you know, even if both people have, like, you know, 40 ping, which isn't, isn't terrible, like... The fact of the matter is, if you're holding that angle statically between the 
processing of your eyes to your brain to your hand, and then also like, what's going on in the server, there's a very good chance that unless you're really good at you know holding the exact perfect angle to where you're you know you're anticipating that specific amount of reaction time for that you know wide swing, you're going to miss your first shot, or at least not be able to hit it right away as you adjust mm-hmm. to the target, and therefore you know the person popping swinging has a chance to hear that shot ring off, whiz past their head, stop. Pop. Well, the idea with the popping swing too is you're tracking your target the entire way. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, so it's like, and, and like the, well, the idea is that it's easier to track them than it is for them to track you because yes. they're expecting a peak to a certain distance, which mm-hmm. they've positioned their crosshair to, and you are subverting that expectation by swinging much further into the angle before you stop. Yeah, right. Um, so they miss, and then you're past, and you shoot that. I think you know? yes. I think it was Wahujin that made a video on this, but it could have also been a pro player. Um, might have been Yay actually talking about. Uh, somebody asked them on stream why they hold, like, angles, like, farther out than, like, super tight to the angle. And he was explaining that, like, if... Again, I'm not sure if this is Wahoodrin or this was a pro player, but um, the concept is, like, if you're holding an angle really tight and someone peeks past your crosshair, they're going to keep going until they decide to stop and shoot you. And your crosshair might never catch up to them because they're continuing to move as your brain is processing where they are, and it's kind of like right. a stepladder function, in which like you're both moving across the screen, but crosshair might never catch them. Um, whereas Preach. if you are holding the angle wider, they will either under-peak, or, well, there are two options. Either they peak directly into your crosshair, in which you just get the freest kill ever, um, or the other option is they would under-peak, and if they underpeak, they are you're moving your crosshair back to where they are while they're moving towards your crosshair, and so your crosshair will eventually hit them, unlike the other situation, which is why they were explaining that it's better to hold angles a reasonable distance wider than the super tight one, um, and you want to err on the side of holding the angle too wide rather than err on holding it too tight. Well, yeah, it's just a reaction time thing, too. Yeah. Like, you're holding a, a pixel angle. Your reaction time is most likely not going to be fast enough so that they're, like, still in that, like, you know, that close to the angle when you fire the bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah and then, why it's so impressive yeah. when you see pros, like, hold a fucking tiny little pixel angle and get the shot off, and you're like, holy fuck, that reaction time is nuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. which, like... If memory serves, the average human reaction time is somewhere from 200 to 250 milliseconds, which I'd assume for people who play Valorant or just, like, you know, more awareness-type video games in general, your reaction time is probably closer to the 200 side. And then I want to say for pro players especially ones who are known for having really good reactions and whatnot, it's closer to 150 milliseconds. 150 to 200. Um, If I'm remembering those numbers correct. Yeah, so I'll interject to say that I think your memory of the numbers is pretty close to correct. However, there's also been some... I don't know if it's theory crafting or if there's been some sort of data to back this up. I think there's been at least some data to back this up. That um, human brains work very much on pattern recognition 
which um, skews the data a bit because when you look at raw reaction time data, the most common way to measure that is you have someone stare at a white screen and click a button as soon as they see like a red circle appear. And but you like, can technically anticipate that and get it cor- correct, right? Is that what you're? Well, no, I'm a- I'm actually saying the opposite. I'm saying that like in that scenario where you just sit down and do that test and don't have any other sort of context or like training in in that scenario, like you just have to watch something appear and click. You're actually going to be far worse in that than if you're playing Valorant where you're holding an angle that you've held in the game before. And then you see a tiny pixel of an elbow that like meshes with your brain, you know, knowing what's going to happen and being able to react much faster to that situation because you've had all this experience with it and like putting it together of like, oh shit, it's time to shoot versus you see a red circle and your brain isn't immediately like, oh, I need to be clicking something. You have to manually like tell your brain like, oh yeah, we're doing this test. You have to click now. So, like, it, I was actually saying the opposite that from some stuff I've seen that, like, your reaction time in, in a game that you've played a lot is going to be better than, like, that tested reaction time number just because of pattern recognition speeding things up. Oh, the Well, I was actually going to say something in the other direction, which is when you are peaking an angle, you are typically peaking that angle expecting someone to be there. Therefore, you're already ready to shoot, true. which yeah, dramatically true. lowers your reaction time. Because you're ready to click as soon as you get that info that, hey, somebody is here. And oftentimes, like, you pre-fire angles anyway. Like, like if you're working your way out onto site, like, while you're slicing the pie, like, there, there's a decent, uh, which, for reference, is, in case you don't know, you, as you're working out onto site from either right to left or left to right, you jiggle out just far enough that you can see either the right or leftmost angle jiggle back to cover, and then jiggle out slightly farther to see the next most relevant angle, and then you repeat that over until you've cleared everything you want to. Um, you don't even necessarily have to jiggle back, but basically yeah, no, you're, you're moving, you're stopping, only moving, exposing stopping. yourself to one yeah. angle, angle at a time, at a time yeah. until you've cleared it. Yeah. But like for, like, just while you're doing that, you are, well, at least you should be incredibly ready to take a duel at that angle that you are actively peeking into. Right. You should be very aggressively pre-aiming where yeah, someone's yeah. headed. And so, yeah, like, if you do see someone show up in that, you are way more ready to take the take that duel than they are. Well, they're holding said angle. So not only do right. you have the literal ping difference that... Oh, man. Riot released stats on this a while back. I want to say the peaker's advantage is like 50 milliseconds according to Riot, but I, I intentionally didn't look anything up, so I'm definitely pulling that number out of my ass. Um, but Riot did release some statement on this about a while back. Uh, and But not only are you getting that peaker's, the inherent peaker's advantage due to ping differences, but you have that, like, I don't know, either that, like, aggression or, like, awareness relevance to hey, we're taking this duel, I know where this duel is taking place, assuming you are in the angle that I'm peeking into, which, like, plays a massive role. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just because you're anticipating it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the raw reaction time thing has more to do with holding an angle and then not knowing exactly when the person's going to swing it, but you know someone's going to swing here. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, how, like, fast is it for you to click that? 
yeah. right, to click based on that whatever feedback you see someone swinging the angle. Um, yeah, and another thing you'll see in both ranked and pro games is that, like, if someone's slicing the pie, like, assuming it's a situation where they've gone fully loud and there's no question about where they are, that sometimes they'll even, you know, swing and immediately fire unless it's just abundantly clear that no one's there. Like, they'll be pre-firing some of those angles as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at which point, reaction time is almost not a part of it because it's just really how well you're pre-aiming at that point. Um, yeah, no, w- with adjustments after the first couple shots. Chase, you, I thought you were, were you saying something there? Or? I, I mean, I was just going to go back slightly to, to just... Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt with that. Yeah. No, all good. Um, just ty- types of peaks. Uh, and, like, the first thing I was just thinking about was, like, angle advantage as another thing. We were talking mm-hmm. a lot about ping and stuff, but uh, angle advantage is a huge thing that, if you don't understand, is very important. Um, just about who sees who yes. first yeah. in, like, you know, the slowest scenario possible. Mm-hmm. Of of someone holding an angle or or swinging an angle, something like that. Right? We'll you say you're crouch be... walking an angle. Yeah, yeah, crouch crouch walking an angle. Uh, if you always apparently want to crouch peak if you have if you have guaranteed angle advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, really? Well, you want to crouch peak it, or I, the way that I understand it is, you want to crouch peak that angle if you know somebody's or like if you believe somebody to be holding. If you think somebody might swing yeah. into you, no, no, not swinging into you. But yeah, if someone's yeah, yeah, holding yeah. something, and you're you're going to swing into them, but you have angle advantage. Yeah. You by that chase, do you mean that you're literally crouching while swinging, or like you swing yes. with the? Real, yeah, yeah, yeah. You crouch and swing very slowly because you will see their elbow before they can see any of you. Uh, oh, when okay, you have when you have that angle advantage. Yeah. yeah. So you're not full swinging; you are peaking. That a- that angle. Yeah, so rather than placing person... the pie where you're moving and stopping, you're just moving very slowly. As you're, you're moving, moving. very yeah, slowly yeah. across the angle until you catch a part of them which you can shoot before they can actually see you. That's actually really interesting because I haven't really thought about that, and that's something that I have not incorporated into my game. So like that's yeah. I'm, pu- I'm putting a pin in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there are. Um, I can think of very few angles in the game where that is relevant, unless like you've already sliced the pie to clear everything out and you're just worried about a little cubby or something. I mean, cubbies are the biggest part of that. Yeah. Right? Like, that that's the biggest thing, is that if somebody's tucked in a cubby... I mean, the core mechanic here, because we haven't explained that, like, of what angle advantage is, is the person who is further from whatever angle you're peeking will be able to see the other person first. Right? So if somebody's tucked into a small cubby and they're in like the very corner, they they have a small distance to the angle. Whereas somebody could be on the other side of like a lane, which could swing into that cubby, and they have a long distance to the angle. Um, and so that's where you would want to slowly, you know, pe- like slowly peek into that cubby to catch somebody in the corner before they can actually see you on the angle. Yeah. Also, why off angles are a lot more important than like standing in like the literal corner in a cubby. Yeah, I was going to get to off angles in a second. Yeah, Yeah. Um, but also just your your really like your small to very long angle thing there just gave me Drago's vibes. Yeah, you're probably (laughs) the only person in the world who'll get that reference, but that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't, uh, but I laughed along with it. Yeah, so that that was the other thing that I then wanted to get into, which is like off angles, which famously or infamously. Jet and Chamber can abuse. Reyna, if you're feeling cocky, can abuse. Um, 
Yeah. And that might be about it. I mean, obviously, Omen and Rays can get onto elevated surfaces, but they don't have the, oh, shit, I'm out of here when you get double peaked or whatever. Um, but yeah, so like, I want to talk about off angles because like off angles present to you a, a very nice position in which somebody is, um, like somebody would over peak your angle, assuming, assuming they're slicing the pie, they're going to go from one angle in which they expect you to be in to unpeaking to re-peaking to a farther across angle and then find you somewhere in the middle, which is going to cause them to have to then flick or adjust their crosshair positioning to get that kill, whereas in theory you should be on right angle. And the reason why I was like definitely thinking about this is I did see a Wahoojin video the other day in which he was talking, somebody was complaining about like, oh, like why, why would you peak so wide there? And he's like, no, no, like you're playing an off angle. Like you should expect them to be peaking wide there. Because they're going from one angle to the next, which is going to force them to wide swing the quote-unquote angle you're holding. Um, wait, so I, I guess that's something that I never really considered before, which is if you are playing an off angle, you should probably be holding that angle even farther away from the corner than you might traditionally. Because yeah, that's a good point. You that's will... interesting, because they're going to have to swing further in to like clear the next angle. Yeah, exactly. Because they're going to have and... to swing farther to clear anyway. So like they're going to be quote unquote wide swinging you when you're yeah, playing and, off angles. And all of that is also assuming that the player is being really disciplined about clearing the whole thing. Like there are plenty of situations where for whatever reason, I'm picturing like coming out of a split garage and you know, you're, you're the, the person on the attacker team is uh, slicing the pie coming out of garage. And they're looking at like heaven and they're looking at, uh, you know, pillar with the box, but they're not really concerned about someone who's, you know, they're not really considering the off angle of someone standing between pillar and like the, the long wall. And like, at that point, you know, they probably swing pillar and then they might just start walking into sight. They might not even finish their slicing of the pie if they're being sloppy. And at that point, if they just start walking into sight, well then, you know, you better have been holding it pretty wide because they're going to be moving fast now and you could you could awkwardly miss the first couple shots and give them a chance at that one. I was going to say, the number... No, like, just because you brought up that specific angle, the number yeah. of people that don't clear all the way into hell, because it's got that diagonal angle, you know? Right, yeah. people are not used to that yet, like, that's for sure. Nobody clears that shit. I get mm -hmm. a lot of value... Well, what what ends up happening is there is one aggressive chamber TP that I like in which that's just where I have to place it because it's me. Yeah, and then you can TP out of garage. Yeah, anyway. yeah. It, it, it's me banking on the fact that I'm going to be able to aggress into garage, hopefully with some other utility because Chamber doesn't have, like, most likely either an Omen Paranoia or a Sky Flash or some kind of flash into garage. I'm banking because it doesn't cover the very first peak. So I'm hoping that either I can get some utility or that they're not going to be here right off barrier chop. I can get into garage and then that TP is perfectly positioned for me to then have as much wandering room in garage itself and then TP back to safety on which when I end up in that cubby, even though like you would think people should be able to figure out where I TP'd to by nature of the way chamber TP works. 
I very rarely get hard cleared in that. And like you're saying, yeah, people either take the dedicated peak to Box, Rafters, or Heaven, sort of kind of take a look at Garage, or sorry, kind of sort of take a look at Hell, but then not hard clear it. And there's no escape from there, so I'm usually hoping for one, maybe two, before I die. Um, oh, yeah. But I've, like, I've seen you play in that spot and get kills and also die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I feel like I get my value, especially if I get one in Garage and TP out. At that point, I'm just hoping for one more, you know? Like, in theory, my team should be able to win a, a 4v3 retake. And I feel like you have to play Valorant with the mindset that your team will win. A 4v3 retake. Unless proven otherwise. I mean, that's interesting. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, does isn't it Wuhujin that counts Bomb down as an extra player? In which way? I, I have not heard this before, so you're going to have to explain that. Like, it, when you're talking about a 4v3 retake, that's really a 4v4. Because Bomb is down. Oh, I, like that is I see fair. what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, so if bomb is down, that counts as an extra body on your side. Well, on on well, yeah, on your side if you're the attacking team, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's like it, it equivalent to sure, to sure, sure. Like that, that, that extra time pressure slash, you know, yeah. where somebody has to be when they tap it. Okay, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, but it, bomb not being down, does that count as an extra person for the defending side? No. Okay. So it's just when you're attacking. If you have bomb down, that counts as. Uh, yeah, I believe that. Like, I believe okay. that is a, a thing. Yeah, I. Uh, so, so in yeah. that situation where you're getting one or you're getting two, but then yeah. dying, you and but, but they you're get bombed sight at the yeah, they get yeah, out, yeah. It's actually a wash. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that is something that intuitively I wholeheartedly agree with because I've had that experience many times where, like, uh, especially if I'm solo queuing, that like for whatever reason. The way it develops is that I'm the only one who's able to actually, who wants to take the duel with the people who are pushing onto site as the defender. I'm the sole defender on site. And I get two, and I'm like, oh, I got mine. I don't say that on comms, but, like, you know, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and then, like, as I watch the round, I'm like, oh, well, man, my team is having a really hard time re-aggressing on site when time is against them and the enemies are fully established on the, you know, around the bomb. Yeah. So, like, I think that's less valid if you have a situation where, like, you have two people at the site, you know, you get two, but then your other person is slowing down the hit and is going to get a kill of their own uh, mm -hmm. and give time for by the time they die. So let's just say they go for one for one as well. Mm -hmm. So now it's like a 2v2. Wait, no, that that's not quite right. You know, no, it's a 3v2. Now it's, right, right, now it's a 3v2 from the defenders being the three, but those other two have had a chance to rotate over. Now, all of a sudden, that's a much more winnable round for the defenders. But, like, if it's really an isolated situation, then, yeah, yeah. yeah, I really feel like I need three in that case, or I should be playing my life if I'm the only defender facing the horde there. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like sight control is equivalent to an extra man. Okay. Yeah, yeah like, I, I think I that's fair. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, I, like, now, obviously, I'm cherry-picking best-case scenarios here, but, like, given that I play Chamber, not the most useful on retakes, or if I'm playing Jet, assuming I still have my dash, which is unlikely, but, like, let's say I do, like, sure. Might be able to smoke and dash into, an like, a cross, like, a choke point and draw crosshairs or whatever. But, like, let's say that's not off the table. Or, like, that's not on the table. Um, 
I'm not the most useful person in retakes. And again, I'm cherry picking scenarios here. If I take out, say, an initiator and their smoker, two for one, I'd say I fucking came out on top of that. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, took you're out... cherry picking specific agent combos. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got Whereas, the kills yeah, on. I'm saying if right, I got right. the kills on their entry duelist, but they took sight anyway, well, that's that's a wash. That's their entry duelist job. Get them into sight. The entry duelist accomplished yeah. their job. I didn't stop them from accomplishing their job. And then if I take out, say, a... Call it a cipher, but our team is not in a position to flank them this round anyway, that probably doesn't do a whole lot either. Um... So like I said, obviously I was cherry picking scenarios, but like, I, I do think, and now this is something that I wouldn't expect anybody to be able to micromanage in the moment, nor am I saying I am ever capable of doing this myself, but like, if I swing an angle, and there are two people in that angle, optimally speaking, like assuming, in, like assuming there's like a pause, and I have all the time to think in the world, it's like, when you swing into two people, there's definitely an optimal agent for you to try to shoot at to kill, knowing that you're going to get traded out anyway. Does that well, make sense? Sure. Based on, yeah. like, what their role if, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. based yeah. on yeah. what their if role is. you have the option to take somebody out, and yeah. depending on the time of the round and, like, utility yeah. they have left, but, like, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. so many factors there that unless you are in a pro game where you know who you're going to be swinging into because you've, like, done your research or whatever. and you know, yeah. know who plays what angles and stuff on what default setup, then like there's like there's just no way you're gonna be able to like take that into account. Yeah. 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 You know, we, we talked to uh, a podcast or two ago about trigger disciplining. You know, the the amount of you know tense you know tensing up that happens in my hand when I'm trigger disciplining, you know, just from that alone you should know that the ability of me to Look at two people be like, hmm, I should target the more important agent. Yeah. Zero chance of that happening on yeah. any sort of repeatable <laughs> yeah, yeah. basis. My top 0.5% like, of games will I do that, maybe. Okay, If off barrier drop, you're taking a duel, and you can yeah. take out their smokes, or their, I guess their controller, like, holy fuck, that's huge. Yeah, like, like, like the three games that I played when I was had a uh, Adderall from a buddy... Maybe then I could have done it. <laughs> yeah, you just That's drugged up. Like, yeah. Oh, there's the Viper. Enhanced <laughs> with drugs. Right. That's the only way I could do yeah. that. Like, dude, you're playing Breeze, yeah. and you have an opportunity mm. to take a 50-50 with their Viper. Holy fuck, you take that duel. <laughs> oh yeah for sure for sure but yeah like but... i guess i guess that, that's a much more realistic scenario yeah. where like you think you've caught one of the enemy team by themselves and you're mm -hmm. like do i push this yeah, yeah. And you know who it is right yeah. you see it's their viper then it's like oh shoot this could swing the round yeah 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 like I... especially if they have ult like oh yeah pedal to the metal like you know take that chance now i guess that is the way more realistic way to look at it is just like mm -hmm. What if it's a 50-50 with a Viper, but it gives them ult if they win the battle? Also, <laughs> I, I, I still take that Also, goal. yeah, what if it's the, they, they're about to get their ult and they're the enemy's top frag, so you don't necessarily feel good about you killing them? But then you go for the buddy, run buddy, play, buddy. yeah. No, no, see, I think you're looking at the other team's top frag versus their bottom frag a little differently. Is like, I agree, I pull up the scoreboard, and like, if they're not changing their defensive setup, like, I'll look at the scoreboard and be like, oh, this fade has four kills. Let's go abuse fade. Yeah. Let's fucking bully this fade. Um, oh, yeah. 
well, let's make her time hell. Because, like, clearly she's not winning gunfights right now. Confidence isn't high. But, like, you can't look at the enemy team's top frag and be like, ah, I'm not taking this duel. That's the top frag. Unless it's Arena, in which case you can dismiss out of the angle, and I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. Okay, one, um, it's usually Arena. And two, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there, there's multiple trains of thought here, because, like, I mean, Cass, you've, you've called this play a lot, but it's like the, the find, find the jet and leave. Don't oh. like, don't push yeah, that. Yeah, site yeah, 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 that yeah. might be the single most common calm cast gives like yeah. over voice chat to randoms as well. Like, let's yeah. find, let's, let's find whoever and avoid them. That. Yeah. I don't think yeah, that's avoid. the wrong. I like, I don't, I'm not saying that I think that's the wrong calm. I'm just saying if I get into the situation in which I think we can get a massive advantage by me taking a fair 50, 50 against their top frag. I don't give a fuck that they're their top frag. I'm probably taking that 50-50. If I think it can give us a massive advantage. Now, often consider, like, if it's a jet and take us back, like, one act, I'm also probably playing jet. So, like, the jet head-to-head probably doesn't offer us a huge advantage if I win that. But, like, in this example, we're saying their viper is their top frag. I'd say that you trade the jet for the Viper, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. I, I, I think that's more than a fair trade, assuming I get immediately uh, traded out. Like, I, I think that's more than fair. Is like, hey, you take me off the board. We take their Viper off the board. I mean, like, I think I, it's fair I, if it's a 50-50, yeah. Yeah, like, I, like, I, I think I got to take that duel. Now, me and a head-to-head against it's an 80-20 20, no matter how 50-50 it is, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, I was just thinking about the fact that, like, I very rarely am intimidated by just looking at the scoreboard and seeing, like, oh, X is their top frag. For me, it depends on, you know, how I feel about taking, you know, mm-hmm. duels with that person. Like, mm-hmm. there are games where the person's top frag is just obliterating me, and, like, the reason their top frag is because they're farming me. And I see them on the map, and they jiggle behind an angle, and I'm like, I'm out. I'm waiting for reinforcements on this one. <laughs> but, like, there are also times when, you know, the top frag is abusing other people on our team. And mm. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Let's, you know, turn the tide. Let's go get them. I, I feel like I can kill them. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's much more about how I feel about that head-to-head than, you know, their position on the scoreboard. I agree with that. Sometimes I'm like, fuck, this Sage is nuts. And then I look at the score with the Sage right. and there's like four kills and they're all me head taps. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I'm just not going to take duels against the Sage. You guys yeah. can all do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I've had that happen. The other thing, like, Cass likes to call him the, uh, the like, avoid strategy. I prefer the gang Push, up strategy. Rush strategy, yeah. Like, I yeah. find the, I, I like the, uh, oh, Jet plays this site or Rana plays this site. Um, Let's five man fucking peek this Reyna. Take out the Reyna, and we yeah. are going to win the round. Whereas I don't trust my team to not take one v ones on retake. With if it's like a four v one, you know, I, retake. I, yeah, I that Reyna is getting saying. four kills and taking that that fight. Okay, the reason why I don't like doing that against specifically Jet and Reynas is because of the get out of there aspect. But if you like, rush them down, especially. Jet less so, but honestly, Reyna, if you rush them down, depending on the angle, like, you can very, very much rush them. Yes, but, like, in theory, Reyna should know what angles that they can and cannot play and be able to then get out of for free. Yeah. Um, And let's just go ahead and assume this Jet slash Reyna's a smurf for the sake of this conversation. Yeah. Like, I feel like I have to, because 
usually they are. But, like, I, I got to give them the benefit of the doubt of understanding where they can and can't play and get out. Now, obviously, if they overextend, like, if we're on attack and they're on defense, and that Reina overextends, they might not have the escape route. In which case, right. yeah, we, sh- we should rush them down. But that's really hard to calm in the moment. Um, whereas when I'm, when we are attacking and we're pushing onto site, I would kind of expect the Reina slash Jet to be playing in angles which they know that they can get out of and get their gun back up in time to get two. They might not be able to get that third. But, like, even no, on optimal you still spacing, even on optimal spacing, they'll be able to get two. And I don't like that so much as the, hey, let's hit the site that they're not at, and then when this either Rainer or Jet is retaking, I am going to bait the living fuck out of somebody else on our team. You're getting baited. This is what it is. (laughs) I am going to wait for this Rainer to push through CT. I am going to bait you, and I'm going to get as much value as I can off that. And sometimes the answer is I also get head tapped by the Reina. But it'd be like that. be like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say that if we are adopting the strategy of let's run this person down, like that's where definitely the IGL in me tends to come out because, you know, assuming that that's the situation, this person has been giving us fits. Let's take the fight to them. Uh, oftentimes, if we're failing against them, assuming that they don't seem like a radiant smurf, they just seem like they're having a good game, maybe a minor smurf. Um, that's when I might actually tell the randos, like, hey, let's get a breach stun here. Let's get a sky flash first, and then we peek off of that. Just things to disrupt that whole idea of the Reyna and the Jets standing in an off angle where, like, sure, they can stand there, but they're going to have a sky bird pop in their face, and then they have to, you know, reposition as we're pushing into them. Um because it's, it's really frustrating when you've had several times where people, you know, you, your team peaks one by one without the proper utility to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the that's one of the cases where I will micromanage the randoms and be like, hey, let's get let's get this done um, in a nice way, of course. Uh, and hopefully that works. Oftentimes it doesn't. But like, you know, that's that's the idea. It, like that, that's part of why I love playing like really aggressive barrier drop angles as as Jet and Chamber. Yeah, you is, don't have the chance for the other team to do that because you just it, take the first fight. Yeah, well, is often okay. Well, what I what I really love doing on certain maps that allow for it, uh, split being a good one, um, ascent being okay for it. Um, God, I can't wait to let that on the map. Pool. Okay, no, nothing else <laughs> comes up to mind at the exact moment, but like. The peaking immediately off a barrier drop at either extremity, being A main or B main, is once I set a precedence that I'm going to do this, teams react in one of two ways. They either keep peaking this angle and taking this duel with me, hoping that I'm playing the other site, in which case I have an op that should be free as fuck. Um... Or just hoping they can diff you. Or just hoping they can diff me. In which case, either way, it should be free as fuck. Um, Or they start using utility to bombard either extremity right off barrier drop. At which case, I then like to rotate to mid and hold mid, which is considered traditionally an offer's spot to be on both ascent and uh, split. And... I post up with the op on mid and quote-unquote do my job as the defensive opper 
and lock that area down, and the enemy team still has to bombard whichever main they're hitting with utility. And I right. see that as just free value from them knowing I have an op in my hands. And it costs them a flash and or a stun or a smoke or whatever that may be every time they want to aggress one of the angles that I have proven that I will peek right off barrier drop. And so like that, that's why I personally really love doing that. Um, uh, specifically on those maps is just the knowing that I'm either going to get a very advantageous gunfight for me, or you're going to have to expend utility to take this. And until they prove that they're willing to spend utility to take this, I will keep taking that duel regardless of whether I'm getting diffed or not. Yeah, uh, until you said that very last part, I was going to say that that's one of the places where, one of the few places where our strategies overlap, that I also like to, you know, have success in controlling a certain part of the map and then uh, just suddenly stop doing that to where the enemy team has to then waste utility to clear that. Um, yeah, except if you're getting diffed, like what? Right, the, that, the that's where it undermines the, the entire there. thing. <laughs> yeah, right. That's where Castle will be like, "Fuck, I need to win this duel. I will win this duel." I'm like, you know what? Let's try oh, a different strategy. Then Let's they're doing nothing. The, yeah. Your entire thing of like, oh yeah, I'm getting an advantageous gunfight, or they're going to have to expend a bunch of utility. Well, yeah, yeah. You're you're getting an advantageous gunfight, which you're losing. Okay, so therefore, like, they I'm are probably, not expending a utility. <laughs> I'm probably not going over eight in that gunfight. I'm most likely going. I'm still probably fucking around even. <laughs> probably. That's what you're there looking have been for, right? games <laughs> when that is not yeah, happening. Yes. <laughs> you keep peeking the same angle yeah. barrier drop, and the, the Yoru on the other team has a the Vandal, and he's just banging oh, What did head. I say? He's, he's really good. <laughs> yeah, see, that's, that's, Cass, that's the difference between your, your bad games and my bad games. Your bad mm-hmm. games, you're like, you know, the first time you... Peak an angle, you get diffed. You're like, ah, oh, oh well. Second time, you're like, ah, oh, that's frustrating. Third time, you start raging a little bit. By the fifth <laughs> time, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> For me, it's like, when I have a bad game, I just, like, peak one angle, I get diffed. I peak a completely different angle somewhere else on the map, I get diffed again. Like, I'm doing different things and losing, and that's when I get pissed, whereas you're doing the same thing every time. <laughs> and, like, you know, I... Arguably, my situation is worse because I'm trying different things and all of them are failing. But, like, you know, that, that's just how our play styles differ that way. And I've had a couple of games recently where, like, I will be behind somebody, mm-hmm. like, fully flank, like, completely behind somebody, and I will click, whiff, they will fully 180 me. Like, I know oh, that, that happens worse. a lot. Like, it, it, not yeah. a lot, but, like, you know, it happens, you're like, ah, shit, that happens. But there are times where I'm like, oh, that was, that should not have happened. <laughs> like, that, yeah. that is bad. And then that just, like, that, oh, that compounds I, being, into a bad game. Being on the other side of that coin, I've had somebody call me out in deathmatch for that. <laughs> um, oh, because they, they took, like, two shots at me, and I just immediately flicked my crosshair, like, around 180, and just randomly pulled the trigger. Not just being like, oh, what the fuck, I'm dead here. Like, I might as well turn around and try to shoot a shot at them. And just immediately one-tap them. And they, in chat, were just like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> like, uh, I, I, mean, I just yeah, remember that, that distinctively. Just that's like, at least you'd be like, wow, that's impressive. The worst is when they miss that shot. <laughs> and they, then they, they still kill you. They around, 
start spraying, you're spraying, and then they get the kill, and you're like, what the <laughs> fuck did I just do? Like, <laughs> oh man, in the last premiere game we played, no, okay, not the last premiere game we played, but like the first one that like we lost yeah. in, I had so many situations in which like I would swing into an angle to double face with Alex, and the instant I swing into the angle, I'm just immediately head tapped based off whoever trying to spray down Alex and their bullet disconnecting with my head as I swung into the angle. And I got so fucking tilted off that. Like if it just happens Alex once. Alex got even more tilted than you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like if that happens once, like, you know what? Luck was on your side today. It happens. But it happened to be like four or five times that game. I just swing into an angle and you're not even shooting at me. And I just get one tapped. And I got so fucking frustrated. Just like, I never even stood a chance. I was mid-moving into the angle to try and then stop and take a duel with you, and I was gone immediately. Yeah, Cass, I think, I think one thing that uh, was evident in that game and is, and is generally true is that you and me are similar in that when we have a bad game, we tend to be very vocal. Whereas when Cass and, sorry, when Jason and Alex have a bad game, they tend to be more quiet. Like, in that game, I knew Alex was hella tilted by the fact that he was saying nothing. <laughs> yeah, he had, like, <laughs> he nothing, completely no calls. Yeah. Right, yeah. to the side that, like, you know, he was uh, molding hard. But thankfully, he f- used that as fuel for the next game where he just, you know, unleashed classic Alex and wrecked oh, yeah. the enemy. See, I was always, the same enemy. I had a much worse game. Like, I was actually feeling really good in the first one, even though we lost it. Yeah. Um, and the second game, I was feeling bad. But also, it's because I saw no one. It was it was just Alex go kill, and then I would be like, eh, okay, well, I got no kills the last five rounds, no points, not like yeah, I didn't. Yeah, die. And that is one of the weirdest games in terms of like emotions, where like you don't see many people, and when you do see them, you lose gunfights, but it doesn't matter because your team is doing well. Like I've had that happen a good bit of times yeah. as well, and it's like ah fuck, like I'm don't feel great about this game, but uh, you know, a win is a win, I guess. Yeah, my my most recent rank up to plat. Uh, which I, I've been hovering between Gold 3 and Plat a lot this hack, just deranking, then promoting. Re-ranking? Re-ranking? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Yeah, for promoting. <laughs> yeah, but I, I've just been hovering back and forth a lot. The most recent time that like I re-promoted to Plat, um, I had one of the worst games I've played in a long time. I was fucking like, close to triple negative. Um... I was dying every round. I think I had maybe, like... It was a fairly close game. I think I had maybe, like, 10 to 11 kills and, like, close to 30 deaths. I was playing, like, such utter garbage that I didn't even realize we were winning on the scoreboard. I was just so pissed off at myself. Um, Yeah. And then we won the game, and I ranked up off, like... I think I got, like, a pity 8 RR. Or something like... Just like, ah, you technically won the game, so we have, yeah, yeah, like, we have to give you a positive RR because you won the game, but, like, really, you don't deserve dick. (laughs) Like, I was just like, oh, fuck, like, oh, I should not have promoted off that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I felt, uh, I was just like, that entire game, I just felt like utter shit. And you bringing up the way that Alex reacts, I think, is really interesting because I think Mm -hmm. the two of us have, like, utter, or, like, opposite... Um, you know, or I, I guess like ways to react to that is like, I'm way better at steamrolling good games 
into other good games, and then bad games into more bad games. Where I feel like Alex is really good at turning his... Oh, I'm fucking... I'm pissed off. I was getting diffed that last game into... I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna win a fuck ton of gunfights, and then he'll like he'll flip the script, you know? Yes, he is good at that. And then yeah. I feel like he'll get maybe a little bit too comfortable, like after having just been diffing everybody for a game, and then drop back down to like not having like such of a good game or whatever. Whereas I feel like I'm like I'm way more of a just going up, going up, going up, and then like a going down, going down, going down, instead of flip flopping back and forth across the line. Um, the other thing is, like, I have been playing yeah. with Alex a fair amount on his main this act. Um, he's in, he's in Diamond on his main. When I can play with him on my main account, which is currently in Plat, I'm probably on my demote game at the moment. But if I have a bad game, and I know I'm playing with Alex, and we're going into lobbies that are quote unquote, you know, on average better than me because we're at the full rank disparity we can be at, I am a way more likely to just be like, ah, I had a bad game. Maybe I'll pick the cipher and just try to lock down an area. Right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't know, just interesting to see the different reactions people have to that. Yeah, I feel, I feel like my default reaction is like, early on in a game that's not going well for me, I will be like, really pissed off and like you know getting very loud and then as the game goes on i'll try to like refocus and just be like very positive on my team and just like stop focusing on myself and continue to play bad if it's a really bad game but like stop you know being pissed off and being and just trying to focus more on being positive yeah about people who aren't me um, uh, the, uh yeah the, the worst is one like me playing jet or chamber in which like your job is go kill and people are trying to be positive to you yeah. when you're having a really bad game. Yeah, like, hey, man, you're doing your job. Right. Yeah, it's you're like, dude, don't, yeah. don't, don't fucking patronize me. My job is to kill people. <laughs> well, and it's also, yeah, I'm sure you've experienced this as well, because I have also, is when people are like, oh, like, they try to, like, call, but, like, to you specifically, they're like, hey, yeah, you know, like, you're doing a good job with entrying. Like, you go here and I'll mm. go there and, like, it's not, like, just, like, good team strategy. Like, they're very clearly, like, this guy sucks, so I'm going to tell him what to <laughs> yeah. do so that, like, he can yeah. speed. But, I'm, but they're like, going to ah. be nice about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right, exactly. That, that's the worst feeling. It's like, oh, man, like, I can't really argue with them, but, yeah, damn, this is not fun. It's like, yeah, at a certain point, just tell me where the fuck you want me to dash, and hopefully you'll trade me out. Like, it's clearly I'm not getting dick done myself. But Yeah, that's where, that's where that pisses me off more than you, because, mm -hmm. like, it shouldn't, but, like, I'm like, ah, like, that's a sign for me. I'm like, yeah. damn it, like, I want to be independent, like. I know, I know, like, I, you, want, you want them yeah. to think that you already know. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, or that I'm like, making the call myself, yeah. That's the that's the thing with me, too, is, like, if somebody starts telling me how to do something, like, it, it can be a really good teammate thing, but if I'm, if I'm already tilted, then it can hit you wrong of, like. Right, um, right. Uh, of, like, wait, you, like, you think I'm, I don't know that? Right. Yeah, like, obviously, yeah. I was like, if somebody tells me like to smoke a certain way, and I'm right. like, they're like, hey, you know, make sure that your smoke uh, covers the whole angle. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, Chase. There's the game that I played with you on Split, where you were, I think, Brim, and our team. Yeah. It was a fairly close game, but our team was doing well, and I just remember you were very tilted and like. <laughs> 
Our team was like, can you smoke here? And you're just like, no. Like, multiple yeah. rounds in a row. You're just like, nah. <laughs> Refuse to elaborate. You know, yeah. there, there's a couple times where people ask for smokes, and I, like, I'm just like, I'm not doing that. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not smoking there. That gives up way too much control. Yeah. That, like, something, like, if someone asked me to smoke elbow on, like, split A site, mm. I'm like, no, I'm going to smoke screens. And yeah. Like, <laughs> you can fucking clear elbow. Like, yeah, and Which I can't because I'm not winning gunfights. So you fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as I smoke earlier than that, someone's mm. gonna sneak your elbow and kill three of us. Like, well, I, uh, there, there was the one situation where Hunter and I had a bit, bit of a disagreement on one of our sunset games, and I asked him to like split across. Uh, I asked him to drop his viper wall uh, across like all of Hall's A site, and my reasoning was their sky is fucking destroying us. She's often playing here. I just don't want to fucking deal with this guy. I was like, we drop our screen across here. Or like in my head, I was like, yeah, like this is where the wall goes. Let's put the wall up. Someone can play anti flashes. We're working on the initial angle. Um, is it optimal for us not to take halls? No, no, it's not. Absolutely not, because then they can come yeah. from either yeah, side. Yeah, of yeah, you yeah. But it's just like I, yeah. I just don't want to take the fight with Sky. Um, like we're we're doing like we are kill diffing the other team. Minus Sky, who is like twenty two and five. Push like I just don't. Huh? <laughs> well, we were getting. Eh, we we weren't having a great time on me, but like, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a good game overall for us. But like, yeah. I, I just remember being like, "Hey, Hunter!" Like, uh, I'm thinking, like, can you drop the wall like this? And Hunter, not understanding me, just drops a wall that bisect the site literally vertically in two. Mm. And I'm like, well. Which is a much more, like, standard default wall, I think. We'll see how the meta develops. Maybe, but I was just like, ah, that's not quite what I meant, but, like, yeah, I guess we can still skirt along this angle and avoid this. I'm about to blow your mind right now. There's this wild tool, and this is how you use it. You press M, you pull up the map, you click on the map. I did. No, 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 I did, I did, I did. I literally opened up M, and I went bang, 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 bang. This is where I want the wall. And then you just dropped the wall, not where I banged. That sounds like fake news to me, but if neither (laughs) of us has a clip, I guess we'll we'll never know. Uh, um, Yeah. Okay, though, I, like, I don't know how to play Sunset yet, because, like, people dodge it, and I just haven't been playing a ton of Valorant, so... Uh, yeah, I, I really hope we qualify on Split and don't have to worry about Sunset for Premiere. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah, Sunset's a weird one because I've played two games, three games maybe on Sunset, and I've, I haven't been it? playing no Valorant. I've been playing a lot of Valorant, but I, like a significant amount, and I've played like no games on Sunset. It's crazy. Uh, is definitely getting gonna, dodged a good bit. I feel I'm just like. gonna pull up my main and look at my maps. I mean, uh, I feel like I'm starting to like at the very beginning two understand it more. Time. Um, Wait, but it's, it's hard. Like, I just haven't gotten it. Did a new act just drop? No, I mean, did right? it? No, not well, really. No, no, no. Okay, my tracker is being weird, because there's no way I've played only two maps in comp this act. Right? I mean, where do, where do you see that? I, I'm just looking at my tracker for... Oh, hold on. Um, never mind. Never mind, never mind. Episode never mind. seven act two. I I I I was looking at I was looking at an alt, my bad. Yeah, Chase, you are one yeah. and two on sunset. Uh yeah. only played three maps this act. I, I played oh, yeah. four I played times on maps. sunset. Whereas I've played ten times on split. Hmm. Yeah, that nine and, and one ten. on split as well. 
Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I, I guess the I guess the chase serious. breach on split is dead because you've been yeah. No, I've been, I've been playing brim only, right? Yeah. Well, seven and one on the. Well, it's interesting yeah. because it because it, it says seven and one on the brim, but presumably you're playing breach when you're not playing brim, so you're two mm-hmm. and zero on the breach. So small yeah. sample size, but a hundred percent win rate on the breach. No, actually, eh, I don't know if this is relevant because this usually happens when a new map drops. But once again, all my best stats are on a uh, sunset, and I'm fucking one and four. That's nice. Well, you've played by far the most of sunset of any of us. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't had a huge issue with people dodging sunset. Um, I I know a bunch of people have. And I know it's a very common thing, like a new map enters the pool, people are dodging it left and right. Um, I just haven't been getting it. Like, it's just RNG. Hmm. Uh, Chase, but, where is your, where's your tracker profile picture, Jet? Well, like, I don't know. Card, how, that's my current yeah, that's card. current card, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I, I didn't realize that's how it worked. It's the, it's the Jet, like, it's the, uh, the, the boyfriend meme. Whatever yeah, yeah, the, yeah. If you if you like plebeians would just if you plebeians would just pay for tracker premium, which I think is like ten dollars a year, then you get to pick a you know a custom photo and have like a cute. Why dog would I want it anything on, other than this hot jet card? It's thick <laughs> if you're into jet, well, jet's hot as fuck in this card, um, and also she's holding the phantom, but like looking back at the vandal, which is like yeah. perfect for me. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, why'd you buy the phantom Ooh, in the first place, Chase? Pop? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it's definitely been a return to random, quick non sequitur. It's definitely been a return to basics for me in terms of I've gone so much more towards the Phantom this act than I had in the past. At least in Premiere, not it's not so much bearing out in the regular stats. Really, I'm uh, yeah. I've been way more Vandal this act. I usually just pick based off um feel on any given day, but like. I guess it makes sense when I'm playing chamber to go vandal. Yeah, get out, oh, get out of the yeah. angle. Yeah, well, yeah it, it just makes more sense than the phantom. Yeah, um, you've been going. You've been creeping back towards being a chamber main. You you don't like to admit it. But no, that's no, 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 no. I'll, I'll freely admit this one. Yeah, no, he's um, been going chamber a lot. The 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 jet smoke nerf. Very detrimental. Also, yeah, I, I like I very much don't like the lack of another updraft, which is just like. Is it That's a huge fair. deal at the end of the game? No. But like oh, like I like like when I'm playing jet, I like updrafting on angles and playing off uh, like playing up high on um like when we're when we have the bomb site and they're retaking against us or I I very much miss that second updraft. Like way more than I thought Get I would. That. Because like prior to the nerf if I was looking at a buy for a round and I was thinking, oh, I can either get a second smoke or a second updraft. You're going smoke every I'm time. I'm going smoke yeah. every fucking time. And post nerf, I guess I don't even have the choice, but like, I would still probably pick the second smoke. Yeah. Well, because now but you having... need it. Huh? Now you need Oh yeah, now I fucking smokes. need yeah. that. Yeah. Like, the, okay, the the timing difference on, like, people are talking about this, and I thought this is like, oh, that'd be, like, a high ELO problem. I don't have to worry about that. The, uh, I'll still be able to, like, smoke and dash my way into sight, and, like, I'm not expecting my team to flash for me while I'm staying in my smoke waiting to peek out of an angle. 
Like, we don't have that level of communication. Uh, it, it's just not there. Um, like, I, I don't pop out of my smoke, or I don't time my coming out of the smoke with either, like, a KO or a Skyflash or something that's, like, gonna aid me in this duel. I come out of my smoke hoping to get a 2v1 against someone when the rest of my team is pushing onto site. But, like, the... Like, that, that time reduction is absurd. And the amount of time that I get killed because either if I only have one smoke and I can't refresh it, like, I just have to be wary of way too many angles before the rest of my team is, like, ready to take a gunfight on site. Or, um, or I'm forced to peek out before my team is ready and then I'm now no longer tradable is, is massive. Like, the, the smoke duration nerf is hitting me way harder than I thought. I thought that was going to be yeah. much more of a high elo jet nerf. We're, oh, now your timings have to be two seconds more precise. Um, whereas, no, it, it, it has been hitting me massively. And I've often had to expend that when, second smoke. Yeah, now now your uh, your timings need to be two seconds more precise in a case where they were not going to be precise to begin with. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll use this to say something similar, which I, I expressed to at least cast before this podcast, I believe it was. That, like, when we covered the, in the patch that included the jet uh, updraft removal, the sky nerfs, I said at the time that, like, oh, you know, I don't think this is that big of a deal. That, you know, uh, specifically when it comes to the sky uh, E, the bird uh, duration nerf, it was like a 20% nerf, something like that. And I was like, oh, you know, 20% for a good ability, you know, it is what it is. But what what I've been finding in Premiere is that, and in comp as well, is that, like, assuming you're not pop flashing around a corner, assuming you're flashing for your team, you know, you need to be fully past your team and around a corner before you're, you know, popping your bird. And that itself takes up a solid, you know, 50% of your uh, flash timer. So, like, the amount of reduction of that 20% on the usable time of your flash is way more than I thought it would be. And I very often found myself being, you know, trying to pop my flash and founding, finding it had just expired. Um, which is a very similar situation to what Cass is describing with his smoke, where, like, the, you know, if you have a certain percentage reduction of duration for something, but that's the percentage where you're often using it, you know, you feel that a lot more. It's a more much higher it. percentage of that exactly of, yeah uh, usable time yeah i understand mm -hmm. what you're saying yeah i mean that's definitely something i've noticed not just with you but with like random skies in my lobby i feel like i see a lot more expired flashes yeah um because i guess it's people used to old timings and haven't gotten right. used to like where they can actually flash now but i think it's just also just quite short you see yeah. a lot of flashes expire okay now i again never played sky before but like is the thing not up on your screen? The the duration? Yeah, it is. So like, but like, like are you trying to like are you trying to tow the line and then you get caught flying a little too close to the sun? Is yes. is that what ends up happening? Yeah, well, you're yes, towing the line because you need to be back. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yes, especially if you're in my situation where I have been 
somewhat justly, somewhat unjustly criticized for flashing my own team. <laughs> I, I'm trying to make sure that I'm, I you know, think that not... One's, I think that one's just. Well, when it comes to you in particular, as we've discussed on podcasts, <laughs> you find a way to jump in front of every flash I throw. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I've been very cognizant, especially in Premiere, but also in Comp, of not popping my flash if it's going to flash my team. Whereas when I started playing Sky, I was less good at that. Which has resulted in more of me trying to, you know, get to that absolute end of the timer. Uh, and then being like, oh, fuck, I didn't quite hit it in time. And, like, there's definitely a situation where, like, there's a certain animation to the flash popping that, like, and I, I don't know how much of this is an animation versus ping thing, but there are definitely a good bit of times where I feel like I've popped it before the timer expired, and then it, like, didn't pop. Um so it's just one of those things that I need to, you know, spend more time in TDMs and stuff to really get the hang of. Yeah, just just so long as we're shitting on Hunter for this segment. Um, <laughs> I'd like to say, I, I find it hilarious when, when Hunter, like, throws a flash out and comms like, oh yeah, this one's a fake flash. I'm like, motherfucker, we're not at that ELO. Just pop the goddamn flash. Now, like, I get it in terms of, yeah. oh, um someone push onto this angle sooner than I thought they would, and I don't want to flash that. And so yeah. let me calm that this one's going to be a fake flash now. Um, right. Which, like, is most likely what's happening. Yeah, I think I'm, it's you just saying, hey, I'm not popping this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Time, right? But, like, when, when Hunter's saying this, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, like, I'm assuming that's the most common scenario. Usually I'm on the other side of the map when I hear this. Um, but every time Hunter does it, I'm just like, motherfucker, in this goddamn emo, just pop the fucking flash. Um, like, obviously I mean, not. So when you're not going to get flashed, you'd love for your team no, to get Yeah, flashed. yeah, 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 of course. I'm usually, I'm usually <laughs> working on the other side of the map, man. I play chamber now. I can be wherever the fuck I want. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past you to discover a glitch where you TP directly at the point of my flash <laughs> popping, even though Jaber TP doesn't go, you know, one-tenth of that range. No, it's yeah. a glitch where he can only teleport to anywhere on the map the moment before a sky flash <laughs> right. from his own team. My sky flash, specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. not the enemy's sky flash. Yeah, yeah mine. You know, it's, I'm thinking about it. There's, like, three scenarios. One is where, this is the most embarrassing one, and, like, Honestly, I, I need to get better at this for sure. But, like, there's some map geometry or just me being a bad bird pilot where, like, I'm like, ah, fuck, this, this bird isn't going where I want it to. And then I just <laughs> yeah. comment because, like, you know, this bird is a bust. It didn't, yeah, yeah. it didn't go where I wanted it. So I just, like, don't worry about turning away from it. The second is the situation where, like, yeah, you know, I start throwing it and then, like, uh-oh, I'm going to flash my team. Let me make sure they don't have to worry about turning away, which is the most common and then the third is the situation where I'm like, you know what? We're all going in. Let me just send the bird in to hopefully make the enemies turn away. And that's the situation where you're talking about, like, you know, maybe not even worth it at our ELO because, like, the enemies are just going to be dumb enough to not turn away anyway. So yeah. kind of a waste. Um, No, no, the... Oh, God, fuck. I, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, I got distracted by shit going on in my house. Um. Oh, Fucking Christ, nah, okay. It had to do with Skyflash. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, I, I I generally think that the rest of your Sky utility is is quite good. And I, and I like that you're playing Sky. I think Sky is a phenomenal Thanks. agent that is incredibly flexible on almost any map. And yeah. I'm never upset when a Sky is picked. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, your bird piloting could use a little bit of work. Um, that, that's fair, I mean, but I, I, that's I, I don't disagree. part of Sky's kit, too. 
Oh, yeah. for sure. For I sure. Mean, other than the and, heel, of course. And just to be clear, that's that's been the single biggest thing that's held me back from playing Sky. That I've been like, you know, I'm not great. I'm not. Yeah. It's not intuitive to me to pilot the bird. And like, um, I, I think the piloting yeah. the same as the jet smoke. And obviously, I've had a lot more fucking experience piloting jet smokes. Well, it's, um, it's slower than the jet smoke, so like. You'd have to keep oh, okay. that into consideration. Oh, yeah. okay, it's, okay. it's not like the exact same time to get to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I just like, yeah. but again, I feel pretty comfortable with jet smokes, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that like, I have fucked up hundreds of jet smokes th- across my Valorant career. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I now am at a point where I feel confident piloting my jet smokes where I want them to be. I'm still not 100%. So is it fair yeah. to me for, for me to fault you for you've just picked up this agent within like the last act and a half, call it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, what the fuck, Hunter? Why are you missing these flashes? I, um, I will say, I do think I've gotten a lot better at realizing when my flash has messed up and not popping it. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. doing a lot less team flashes. Yeah, now yeah. I just need to get this flash in the correct no, position. There, there is, uh, yeah. there, there's one particular moment, and you weren't even in this game. This was another Sky on my team. Um, who I'm on, like, I'm on site as Chamber. Uh, uh, like, I'm taking a... I think it was Bind. Like, I'm taking a duel like, B-Long, and a TP back to site as they're, like, flooding on, and then I calm, like, I'm flashed, I'm flashed, I'm flashed, like, or, like, I'm sky flashed. And then, as that flash expired, like, I get shot, and I'm looking at the... And I was just like, oh, you know what? Like, yeah, the other team, like, flashed onto site properly, like, whatever. And then I look at the scoreboard, and I'm like, wait a sec. You don't have a sky. You don't have a sky. (laughs) (laughs) This sky perfectly popped her flash such that, like, as I TP'd out of this duel on the long, I got flashed mid-sight-ish. I'm probably in the cubby right outside of long, but I'm staring at mid-sight when I TP'd back. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just got flashed dead mid-sight. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, what the fuck, like... I just TP'd out of a duel long. There's clearly no motherfuckers on site. And I, and then I got really tilted afterwards, but I, did, I just remember that situation specifically. And recognizing in hindsight what Skyflash it was, and knowing that you don't know what that Skyflash is. Yeah. <laughs> There's a very particular Skyflash, which is actually really fucking good when your team knows that you're doing it from CT on bind over the unplayable area down the middle of the map to pop it so that it perfectly like flashes all of hookah and the angle towards long that anybody would take mm-hmm. a gunfight in. Um, yeah. Phenomenal flash. If like your team knows it's coming through and you're worried about people coming on to B side. Um, great retake flash as well. It, it just like happened to catch me perfectly because I was TPing back to site and I muscle memory turn my crosshair towards hookah while I'm TPing back so that when I spawn back in, I'm staring at maybe the jump out to hookah or garden and just got caught by this. Yep, that happens. And I was just like, ah, like, dude, like, I'm fighting this angle extremity here. I have a trip in hookah. Like, I know nobody's on site yet. Why the fuck am I flashed? Yep. But yeah, it'd be like that. It happens. Hey. Can I go over a couple quick topics, unless there's more to go with uh, this topic, which I don't even remember where we started. No, nah, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've been on one topic for like the last hour. We, we've been rambling for like an yeah. hour. 
Okay, I have a couple rapid-fire topics, if you guys don't mind. Yeah, fire away, Chief. Okay, number one is I was looking at Tracker and uh, as we were talking, and I found out a couple interesting things. Chase has uh, achieved a milestone this act that I don't think you realize that you achieved, which is that you are the first of us three to get to, uh, over the lifetime of your main account, 10K kills on a single gun. And that's that you're currently at 10,090 wow. kills on a Vandal. So you've broken the 10K mark, uh, first of any of us. So Wait, congratulations on that. I have yeah. 10,090 kills on my Vandal. Yeah. Yes, I don't, I don't do. have five. Yeah, Cass currently has, yeah, 4,578 Vandal kills all time. And 2,160 operator kills on me. Um, wow. Wait, now also... Wait, what? Hey, what? That's Sorry, you. What? That's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said yeah. So on, on your main cast, on you have two thousand one hundred sixty on kills main. on your main. Oh, I, I thought you say. said I have two thousand one hundred sixty kills on you. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, whoa, Hunter. I was like, Hunter, that is my total operator kills. I was like, there's no way you don't have an operator kill in comp. <laughs> no, no. Uh, oh, oh! I see. I, I thought you okay, meant like I had you, that you many more me, than you. I thought you yeah. meant literally you killed me. Oh no, 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 no! I thought I, I was like, are you I dumb? Just, How would that oh, possibly? Happen? I, I, I just thought you meant that I had that many more than you did, as like a small like ah oh, funny did. Yeah, did. yeah. And I was like, right, there's right. no way you haven't got a single off kill. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I, I currently have. Oh wow, it's pretty far down there. <laughs> 145 operator kills all that but anyway i was about to actually flex though which I, I still will do which is that i actually have the which is really surprising to me i have the best headshot percentage all time versus you guys on both the phantom and vandal i have a really? 25 on my uh 25.4 on phantom and 26.4 on vandal versus chase with the 22.7 on oh, vandal God, and 16.8 on, oh, no, on no, phantom no, 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 no. Yeah, that's bad. Don't, don't talk about my headshot. No, 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 that, that's and fair. so that that's definitely a lower rank let's, stat on my headset percentage. But let's not look at let's not look at headshot percentage here. I'm an operator man. I'm a body. <laughs> yeah, hey, if you look, no, but that's if not you total. At... That's just on Vandal. No, 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 no. It's total. Yeah. It's total. It's total. It's total. I swear, yeah. it's total. <laughs> don't don't look at my headshot percentages. It's oh God, nice. Chase! I tried to look this up to like make you feel better. Yeah, and it's the actually it's the opposite of that. <laughs> Is it? It oh, used to be a lot higher on Phantom? No, no, here's the thing. I looked up the first ever act in which I played... The first full comp act of the game, which was the first full comp act I played. And the first ever comp act, which was episode one, act two, I had a 19% headshot rate on Phantom. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying it's better a, than your all-time Phantom you. headshot rate. I'm saying it's a... Oh, me. no. <laughs> I was trying to make you feel better looking that up, and I was like, uh-oh, this is oh, the wow. opposite. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, there's actually an interesting video by, I think it was uh, Sarah Frags, the uh, V1 player. That's her Twitter handle. Uh, just goes by Sarah, I believe, in the server for V1, where she said, like, people overestimate the impact of getting headshots, that especially if you're using a Phantom, like, 
getting consistent like body shots with the occasional headshot is really what you need to do. That people focus too much on the whole aim labs, you know, pop the heads. But you know, if you can DPS someone consistently, you're gonna win more gunfights overall, even if it will suck sometimes when you well, know you get. I don't. In the head. I don't think it's even the, like the DPS thing. It's just like the game doesn't count it as a headshot when I head tap you, and then my second one hits the body with the phantom. That's true as well, right? which happens a lot with the phantom. Which happens a lot yeah. with the phantom. And like, as soon as I right. see that dink, I'm pulling down. I just need yeah. to hit you in the fucking dick or the toe. Like, it doesn't matter. You're you're dying. Like, I just need one shot downrange that hits you. And so, like, I, I think specifically for the phantom, you can kind of slightly ignore headshot percentage a little bit. Okay, but, my, like, my first yeah. full act on, on, on Valorant playing with the Phantom, 13.9% headshot rate. Yeah, that's a little brutal. I've had acts with the <laughs> operator that are over that. Yeah. <laughs> which is not... Which is probably... That's which, is not <laughs> which is not good. Which is not good. No, it, it was like... Uh, the, the, the funny thing is, I, I remember a game when somebody called me out for being an op crutch on the other team. Yeah. And admittedly, I was doing quite well with the operator on attack. Um, and on defense, I made it a stickler point to not use the operator, and I still top frag that lobby. And yeah, I wanted to at them in chat and couldn't remember who it was in time when the game ended. Yeah, I think I was in this game because they were yeah, like yeah. op crutch, and you were like, "What the hell? I'm not an op crutch. Like, yeah, I haven't been op." Like, no, I was like, like "You're chamber cast." Like, <laughs> like people are going to say that. Yeah. I was like, "Dude, I've got yeah. like a third of my kills on the op. Like, it's not even extreme." <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I remember specifically not buying the op when I had the funds. Just being like, fuck you. I'm fucking taking a vandal into this. That's fair. Alright, uh, should I proceed to my last two quick topics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fire away, fire okay. away. Topic number one is one thing that we briefly mentioned on podcasts that's been discussed extensively in the uh, gaming sphere is uh, CS2, when it comes out, is going to destroy Valorant. Like, everyone going back to CS2, everyone, you know, so many people came from CSGO to Valorant, and they're going to go back to CS2, and Valorant is just going to die. And then it turns out CS2 launches, and it's a pretty underwhelming launch that, like, I don't know enough about CS, you know, CSGO versus CS2 to be able to give any insightful opinions on this, besides to say that I've seen a lot about how... First of all, there's a lot of different like modes and features in CSGO that were just removed from CS2 achievements as well. Like, you know, you might have that, you know, you used to have that platinum steam badge for having all of the CSGO achievements now just gone because it like replaced the game. It's not like a different mm -hmm. game. Um, and then also there have been possibly with the additional attention given to the game, even more cheats happening in CS2 than there were in CSGO. I have no way to qualify, you know, to quantify that just based on some things I've been seeing on Reddit. So it's very interesting to see that, you know, this big boogeyman that was supposed to, you know, destroy Valorant once and for all has not at all that CS2 has been a bit of a flop, honestly, considering how much hype right, there was. Let me, in let me pop off for a sec, because I think I got way more information than either of the two of you on this. Oh, I, I believe you do. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Yeah, some, some very prominent, like, streamers and or pro players have been talking about how CS2 has been a total failure. Um... Mm -hmm. I, I know Simple has been, her had tweeted out, Simple being probably the greatest FPS tax shooter professional of all time. Um, 
those who don't know him. But he he tweeted out just like, oh, like, if you're looking, if, like, you're a new up-and-comer, like, don't even bother touching CS2 for, like, the next four months. And, like, I think that might be a fair take on just, like, wait for updates, wait for patches, wait for wait for Valve to figure shit out. Um, Shroud was saying that, like, oh, like, like CS is going to die with the release of CS2. Um, all the shit. And I, like, I don't necessarily think that's the case. It was mm-hmm. years since CSGO released before it to be, like, welcomely adopted by the community and taken to be the game that it is now. Uh, and, like... Like, CS Source was popular before CSGO came out. Yeah. They they were, like, a whole lot of this was, uh, the game just was not esports ready. Like, when CSGO yeah. first came out, the game was not esports ready. And that's a very fair thing to think about. Um, is how long did it take Riot to, like, fix these, like, if you look at it, like, Raze in beta had two fucking nades. Jet was broken to all fuck. Um, like, there, oh, to be fair, Jet was considered the worst agent at launch. Raze was the real no, egregious yeah, one, and everyone yeah, knew yeah, Raze yeah. was good. And then, and then, yeah. well, I think it was, well, Tens claims credit for this, but he was the one who invented the smoke and dash into sight, according to him. Um, and like like there there are certain things that like this they just haven't been around enough for there to be a hey we 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 figured this out this game is in a competitive ready state like it it took right how many years to come out with their current franchise system i want to say it's two off the top of my head but yeah. like uh like it it takes a while to get things ready and i, I can totally understand simple being a CSGO professional at the upper echelons coming out and saying, hey, um, you know what? This game's just not ready yet. Like, they're, like they, they've released a massive patch, and there are things like the volumetric smokes being the big one that I can call off the top of my head, that, like, take up all these areas on maps and are supposed to work in a very cohesive manner, but then you can throw a, a frag grenade in there and blow all the smoke away. Um, and, like, a bunch of people are talking about hit reg stuff, which, to be honest, that's way too technical for me. I don't know anything about that. But, like, yeah, I saw a very interesting Reddit video showing how, like, the animate, like, the player models were not matching up with, like, yeah. the hitboxes. I, again, it's just, you release a massive patch. You're trying to even label it as a whole new game. Like, you're going so far to, like, create this new entity like, it's going to take you a while to be able to bring everything together and say, hey, we have something that is ready for the competitive side. Like, ready to have, like, an esports name attached to it. Okay. And I think you just have yes. to give it time. Yes, you, you are right. Like, it, there's a lot of that. And, you know, you have to give credit to, like, the devs who spent a lot of work to try to, like, bring these new features but was i think that the all of the blowback is also a little bit warranted because it is not an entirely new game i i don't think it should have ever been called a new game but that's a whole separate argument it be, it, well that that just leads more into the point 
It's almost that, like Overwatch 2. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that is that okay, this is a massive update. And everybody has seen it as that since the beginning. People are like, mm-hmm. okay, they're calling it CS2, but it's really just a big update to the game where they're changing some certain mechanics around. Right? And this is a game that was already, you know, at the pinnacle of competitive esports. Right? And so if you're replacing the game that was at the pinnacle of competitive esports with something that is not also already to that level. Well, no, but here's the big difference is a Valve, unlike Riot, does not put on all the main tournaments. Okay, ESL sure. Can, can, I, can, I go play, can I go play a face-it tournament right now on, on normal CS? Yeah. They're, they're going okay. on right now, live. The, the, ser- the servers still exist. Yeah. And it's the same game. Like, people are still playing on, quote-unquote, CS. Like, there, there is an active tournament, at least as of... Are they playing on it, or no? can I, can I as, a, as I, a... I don't know if you, standard as a whatever... Go I, online like, and play that game. That I don't have the answer for. I know as of two days ago, so September 7th, at work, I pulled up a live... That's two days and a month ago, uh, buddy. Fuck. October 7th, I pulled up <laughs> a... I, I pulled up a live stream of people on either... I, I believe it was ESL playing CSGO. After the launch of CS2, like sure, like Valve, they've, they've Valve released takes... this game. They've released this game that is replaced. Yeah, CS:GO. Also, and I think it has replaced the most competitive esport or one of the most competitive esports out there. Yeah, and so it like I think that some of the blowback is warranted that it is not close um, to that level yet. Maybe. And the other argument that I have here is eight. It's, while as close as you can get to being Valorant, it's a different game. Like, everybody has the same options available to them at all times. You can make whatever buy you want, given what side you're on. Um, You can, you have all options available to you that everybody else in the server has. And it's something that Kevin, who specifically we talk about, um, was really good at CS. And has a really hard time every time he eventually jumps on and plays with us in Val. Because there's so much more thinking that goes on based on what different agents are available. What, who did they pick? What options do they have available to them in this game? In this scenario? Who's dead? Who's alive? What utility do they have left? Like, there, there is so many different circumstances. And like, yeah, is CS more mechanically difficult? I would argue yes. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the thinking part of the game is deeper in any which way, shape, or form. And I would argue that, like, the the mental aspect of understanding what's going on in Valorant is way more significant compared to I don't understand where this is going. Like, they're, they're two different games. So, like, one, I don't think one is going to kill the are, other. Are people say, are, oh, that, okay, that's where, that's where. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, I don't think one is ever going to kill the other. Um, I'm like, are you just going on a tangent about? No, like, no, no. How well, do you think it, it, I think, I think the, I think the way the where the where the concern had some validity is that like, you know, if the CS players had gotten just kind of tired of CS to an extent, and they were playing Valorant not because they necessarily would have preferred Valorant to CS in a vacuum, but because Valorant has so many new like, you know, bells and whistles and stuff like that. But then CS2 was this huge positive evolution of CS, and that was really their favorite game. They'd just kind of gotten burnt out on it. 
Now you could imagine a max S, um, a mass exodus of people from Valorant back to CS, but it seems like that's really not happening because CS two, for all the reasons we discussed, just really isn't scratching the itch the way people want it to. And like I, I could see it from like a a pro meta perspective of like, oh well, like especially if you're on the younger side, like if if you're on the younger side and you're good at Valorant but you haven't gotten your break in either tier two or tier one like you just haven't quite made a name for yourself and being like oh well like maybe these teams are gonna or like maybe these orgs are gonna be picking up rosters for cs2 as it starts to hit the limelight and whatnot like maybe i'd it'd be worth throwing my hat in the ring um like i don't know it it just seems like like there, there have been no to my knowledge there have been no cs2 tournaments from a pro perspective that have gone on yet. And I don't know how long it'll take for any of those to happen, but it, it, it seems like there is still at the moment, a considerable pushback from quite prominent pro players. And so we'll, we'll see how that ends up going. It seems like they believe that there need to be patches uh, to the game that take place. Um, I know from some brief walkthroughs I've done, that Tens thinks that the uh, hit reg is really good on CS2 and that the Deagle feels way better. This is fully taken out of context. That's all I fucking know. Um, but, like, I have heard a bunch of people complaining about the hit registration on that game and it not feeling the way that it ought to. Um, and so it, it, maybe there's a patch that needs to take place. And this, and this comes back to what we talked about last episode in terms of the fact that Riot very actively listens to their pro scene, whereas Valve does not so much. Yeah. So will they listen in this case or not? We'll see. Well, like, I, I just don't feel like there's going to be mass exodus either way. I feel like it, it, it's going to stay as their competitors. Um, at this point, we might as well throw uh, Rainbow Six Siege into this equation, too. Like, no, 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 my no, no, God. No. For if you're going to do Rainbow of... Six Siege, you might as well throw a League in there as well. No, 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 I'm just saying, like, there are different tax shooters that exist, and people gravitate to one or the other for a reason, right? I, I think that uh, the overlap between Valorant and Rainbow Six is equivalent to the overlap between Valorant and, and League. Like, I think there's a so much greater overlap between CSGO and Valorant that those two are, like, yeah, on, okay, in the row category by comparison. Okay, but I'm just like... I, or at least the main point that I want to get across is I don't see an exodus either e- either way. Okay, I don't think it's going to be. I think I, I like it, I. I don't think that people are going to see CS2 flop and just be like, oh well, like this game is fucking worthless. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like move or like, oh, I used to be a CS:GO player. I'm gonna move over to Valorant now. Like CS2 is just like a wash. Uh, like that they, they fucked it up. The the franchise is dead. Like, I, I, I don't see that happening. And I don't see a bunch of players just, like, jumping ship to CS2 either. Now, if you want to argue that, like, Riot's been treating Tier 2 like ass and don't have a good system to allow for that, and that certain individuals feel like, oh, well, like, I've got a name for myself, maybe i got a better chance going to CS2 as it comes out, like, maybe there's something to be said there. I don't know that there is though, but just like, because I, like there's been a downturn in all of esports. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like I, I'm not too concerned about that issue either. Like I, well, guys, I just don't see it. I'd, I'd like to take this moment 
to to announce that as a budding professional esports player, um, I will be leaving the Valorant scene and setting my sights on um, exploring a new realm in Counter Strike Global Offensive Two. Ooh, ooh, that that's big. I, honestly, like you know, it's it's going to be lucky if no one leaks that to Reddit before we post this podcast because that that is groundbreaking news. Yes, yes. So I, I think that uh, really just, you know, the, the options are open in that scene. And uh, orgs, you know, I, I'm a no buyout, you know, free agent. Um, uh, please contact my manager for more information. But if you find a job, I wish you the best of luck. I wish we could have kept you here in the Valorant yeah. ecosphere. But like, hey, you know, a regular yeah, guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, dude, get, get, get your bag. Get your bag, buddy. Yeah. Go make your payday. I wish you the best. Yeah, I couldn't give a fuck about CSGO. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just... I mean, I meant this to be a much shorter topic, but then, yeah. like, Cass had a bunch to say about it, which, you know, is legitimately interesting to me, even if even if not to Jamie. <laughs> it was legitimately interesting to me at the beginning, and then I was like, CS, face it, simple. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, I grew up as a, you know, homeschooler who was limited from playing video games, so, like, I would occasionally get to see to play CS:GO with with friends and be like, "Oh man, I wish I could, you know, play games like this more, but I just suck." And that was a big reason of why I got into Valorant initially because I was like, "Hey, I won't suck if I get in from day one, right?" So like CS:GO has a special oh, place in my you heart had to learn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but okay, but the reason that we like like you say like you say that jokingly, but I think it's really interesting. Like there there was a podcast in which like we brought up angle advantage or like maybe it wasn't literally angle advantage but it was like some concept yeah this podcast no no no, no. but i'm saying one that i knew yeah. from back back from fucking playing pvp destiny or like, right right uh like black ops 2 from like back in the day it's like some co like core concept oh you know what i think it was hunter talking about using your wazd keys or your movement to aim instead of literally moving your right, crosshair. Right, right. I was saying that. I learned like, that recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred, like, at the time, born that very recently, and I was just like, that's... Like, to me, that is just a core aiming mechanic. Uh, because right, I right. That you knew up. about, that you, like, yeah, 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 could yeah, be because thinking about. I, yeah. I knew about by having grown up playing first-person shooters. And this is kind of Hunter's yeah. first-person shooter, and I believe, to you, it's kind of the same. Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't have a computer until we started playing Valorant. Yeah, sure, but, like... <laughs> Okay, but concepts like that applied to me from, like, controller takes. Like, that was still a thing. Even though I played more arcade shooters, like, your movement is still a component of your aim. Even though I'm... Back when I played COD, yeah, you're still fucking accurate while you're fucking moving. But, like, nonetheless, like, movement's a big thing. Like, I want to stay moving. It makes me hard, It makes me a harder target to hit. I just don't yeah, have to bother... There's no aiming in Mario Party. Come on. <laughs> like, my, my whole point is, like, I, I had played like fps's prior to you guys kind of getting into this whole thing and like and like like the whole like peaking conversation we had like there are some things that like you just might not know me included having just not been around this your entire fucking life like mm -hmm. yeah. yeah definitely uh, hunter was there like something else you wanted to bring up before we ended this or there was one more thing, but I'll save it for the next podcast. Doesn't happen that doesn't have to happen tonight because I think it's kind of late and we're all we, we've yeah. reached a good stopping point. 
Yeah, I also had a topic that I will definitely not remember by next week, but I will bring it up if we have the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, Chase, you want to get us out of here? We'll drink with you later. <laughs>